Why that is healthy? Why is that important? The podcast is called Why is that important? Hey there, and welcome to Why Is That Important, where regular people come for interesting ideas and perhaps a little debate. I'm your host, Joe Wanger, and I'm here with my co-host, Andrew Martin. Hi, everyone. And each week, we have the privilege of interviewing someone who has something they feel is important enough to talk about, and we take the time to discuss it and perhaps even disagree on it. Although, today, Andrew, I don't think you are going to have much to say or agree or disagree (laughs) on this one. I don't know. I mean, I understand why you say that, um, but I, I think that some of the you know, more base level ramifications might, might be argument worthy if necessary, but we'll see. We'll, we'll get there. <laughs> All right. That's great. So how are you doing today, Andrew? What's, what's Oh, not, not too bad. It was, it was kind of a slow day. So I did have a really interesting experience over actually started on Friday. I got this call and I was like, Hey, I need this work done ASAP. Can you think you could do it? And I was like, I think so. I'm like, you know, I could probably do that next week. They're like, no, like right away. I'm like, okay, okay, what's the hurry? And like, well, you see, the state kind of came into our doctor's office and told us we had to stop seeing patients until we got these things taken care of and we want you to come take care of them. I'm like, oh, okay, well, uh, yeah, I can get that handled. Like, nice. well, and, and I was like, so where's the address? So they gave me the address and I look it up and it's like, I don't know, I can't, I don't remember the name exactly, but it's like Central Pennsylvania Women's Clinic or something like that. I'm like, Interesting. So I just Google the name. Turns out it's an abortion clinic that just got shut down for health violations. So then I was like, <laughs> yeah, uh, I had to call her back and be like, look, I can't do this. I mean, I know I gave you a price and everything, but I'm just not going to do it. <laughs> and she was like, all right. <laughs> it sounds like it happens to her with some frequency. But that was definitely uh, different. Hmm. Well, I saw houses today. <laughs> I saw a bunch of houses today, too. I just wasn't interested in buying them. All right. I saw houses that were for sale today that we're considering buying. Oh, wow. Anything you liked? <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, so what did, what did Bernie say? Uh, location, layout, and another L. Location, layout, and something else. Um, Livability. But, yes. Sure. sure. So Lacquer. It was tough because it was like there's some things that we liked about each one, but each one kind of had that like uh, downside. Like I'm still actually feeling the effects of the last house. Um, the lady was appeared to be a pretty heavy smoker, which actually wasn't the biggest issue. She had like three huge dogs and like nine cats, and certain rooms you we open the door and it was just like it just hit you. And <clears throat> I did, we didn't even realize just how much it was affecting us till on the ride home. I could like feel my throat like closing. So we love the layout of the house and we liked the location, but it was kind of like, I don't know if we found water in the basement and had leaked on the, the beams, the cross beams for the floor up above. So it's like, ugh. so yay. Homeownership <laughs> <laughs> and moving. <laughs> All right. Anyway, enough about all of that. So today we are joined by Sherry Wagner and um, I missed an S. He and his wife. She and <laughs> Oh, this didn't update. That's why. I was like, this still has Micah's information from last week. Um, so what did I have for about Sherry here? I had really good stuff here. Um, <laughs> I'm going to take... 
Stall. <laughs> no, we're not editing. We're stalling. <laughs> That's what's going on right now. <laughs> this is the way it's going to work. So I'm going to open this up because clearly Dropbox did not sync across my app. Hey, look, there it is. Sherry is married to Bob Wagner. He's a local chiropractic, well, chiropractor uh, around here. Um, I assume that she likes long walks on the beach because there's lots of pictures of, of the beach on her Facebook and if you say, if you get Siri to say her name, it's pronounced Cherie Wagner, as we, we discussed a little bit beforehand, which always amuses me. Um, and, but most importantly, uh, she's an independent stylist with Cabbie. Um, and as long as she can remember, she's loved everything fashion related. And uh, as a stylist, she gets to help women put together a wardrobe that works for them, and uh, her goal in that is to help them feel as beautiful on the outside as they are on the inside. So, welcome to the podcast. Hi, guys. Thank you. So, um, our for me, for the first question, like our 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 topic is fashion, and um, what was the what was the title you wound up coming up with? I forgot to write that down. Oh. Why why caring about fashion doesn't make you shallow? Yes. Why? Yeah. This so I'm I, I'm really curious about this topic because Andrew and I are not that into fashion. I think the only reason any of us have any clothing um, that looks nice is because our wives have probably picked it out. More <laughs> <laughs> like, like girlfriends in, in, or, in some of my cases, which is really embarrassing sometimes. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> Like, I should probably get rid of that. It's like too old to admit. <laughs> That's well, a whole nother topic. We can do that another time. Ex-girlfriends. <laughs> <laughs> no, how to clean out your closet. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. My wife can help you out with that one too. Um, but yeah, so like you said that, you know, all your life you've kind of been drawn to that. So maybe give us a little bit of background information. Like, can you, do you even remember the first time you realized like, oh, I really love fashion and how has that progressed to where you're at now? So thinking back, I can remember some of the clothes I had in in elementary school and um, some of my favorite outfits I can remember, like I can just envision the whole outfit because it just was so important. I just loved it. And wow. I know that seems a little crazy. No, I have a no. daughter. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> it makes right. complete that's sense. Right. I just, I remember when we got brand new science books in first grade, it was the biggest deal of my <laughs> academic career to that date. So I get what you're saying, just... Right. Not from the same angle. You're relating. You're relating. Yeah. <laughs> I have a feeling this is how it's going to go the whole time. <laughs> okay. Um, so then I used to like to draw a lot, draw clothes. And, and anyway, long story short, I ended up going to um, FIT, the Fashion Institute of Technology in New York City out of high school. And um, I was there for a semester and ended up uh, graduating from Penn State with a degree in marketing. But... When I graduated, I was a buyer for a large specialty store in Ephrata called Donickers, hmm. which a lot of local people know. It's been closed for a few years now, but uh, a lot of people used to uh, go there as a destination shopping place. They had a restaurant and they do fashion shows and men's store and women's store and home goods. And anyway, so it was um, it was a good experience to start in fashion. So I bought for uh, women's clothing there. And then um, took a long time off when I had my kids. And then I started, uh, I didn't expect to start back in fashion because I didn't want to work in retail. But six years ago, uh, I found the opportunity with Cabby, and it's been a great match since because I have a lot of flexibility to do the things I want to do and travel, go to the beach, like you mentioned, Joe. <laughs> and 
still have an income, help pay for my kids' college, and help my husband with our, our family income as well. So Nice. So let's uh, let's define what you mean when we talk about fashion. Like, is it just clothing? Is it just perception? Is it like like when you think about that that concept? Like, what comes to mind when you're I talking about it? I think um, me personally, or people in general. Uh, maybe do both. Okay. Um, me personally, it's just a part of who I am. When I get up in the morning, as I'm showering or whatever, getting ready. I think about what my day looks like, who I'm going to see, wh- where I have to be, and um, I plan my outfit based on that because I don't like to change during the day. I like to be <laughs> one and done. So I, I plan it all, even if it means bringing an extra pair of shoes. Um, I think to a lot of other people who don't work in the fashion industry, it seems very superficial. And um, a lot of people, if They've never um, had to sit down and think about it or read about it or look at some of the science behind it. It, again, seems very superficial because it's just clothes and it's all about the outside and what you look like. But that's there's so much more to it than that. Hmm. Okay. So what, do you, what do you think uh, average Joe or Jane on the street thinks, of fash- thinks about style and fashion when you know, that word floats across their lexicon for any given reason that's hard to say with it depends where you are like and I think in our area uh, fashion's not as important as it is in more of an urban area and I don't even mean um, fashion as in high fashion or designer fashion because each age group each um, demographic has things that they would consider fashionable so it doesn't even have to be cost-wise, um, but I think each one looks at it differently. Hmm. That makes sense. I mean, it's really hard to imagine many things that are s- subjective as, I mean, fashion literally is whatever is fashionable, so. <laughs> right, and, and, and I think there's a difference between style and fashion. You can be fashionable and have your own style. You don't have to look like everybody else or dress like everybody else or have the latest trend to still be stylish. So there's a, there's a differentiation there as well. So this might be jumping ahead a little bit, but do you think a person's style or uh, the way they dress themselves and groom themselves and so on and so forth, is that a reflection? Is it outside in or is it inside out? Does it is it a reflection of who they see themselves as, or is it them trying to appear to be who they want to be, or maybe it's different for different people? I don't know. I think that's a great question um, because there's been a lot of research on fashion, and often it comes from the side of how the person is viewed by their peers, or from the outside, or um, by their coworkers, or a lot of it is based on that, and I think. Most people in general know that the more nicely you're dressed, the more seriously you're taken, um, the better help you're going to get in a store, that kind of thing. But there's been research recently that I've read um, from the wearer side, and the psychologically what you put on your body can affect your um, work, how, how you're working, your mental processes, um, how you see yourself just by putting something on. There was a study that um, 
let me look, the Journal of Experimental Social Psychology had. And the researchers had the subjects perform tests, first with a doctor's lab coat on, and then a painter's coat, and then um, not wearing either coat. And they found that the sub- subjects um, had greater attention increases while wearing the doctor's coat in a way that their attention did not increase while they were wearing the painter's coat or not wearing any of them. So basically putting on a, a doctor's lab coat made them think more, um, made them more serious, made them take things more seriously and do better on the tests than they did when they were dressed in the other ways. So just putting on a jacket, like a suit jacket or whatever it would be, can change how you think and, and go through your day. So sh- should I walk around like wearing a spacesuit if I want to be an astronaut? <laughs> they say dress for the job you want. <laughs> <laughs> Which never made a lot of sense to me because, well, there's a whole bunch of reasons. But anywho, but that, that's but, kind of a serious question, though. Like, how how far can you take that? Oh uh, well, not that far. <laughs> I should, don't think. Should pre-med students keep a lab coat in their closet? Um. I, I, Every time you know a what? test comes up, they bust it out. For for, I was going to say, from the, from the research, I would say it couldn't hurt when they're studying or even when they go in for a test um, to do that. There's been research before on um, students and test taking and going in with, you know, a T-shirt and sweatpants and sneakers or going in, you know, dressed a little bit more nicely like they would go to work or something. And um, test scores are always higher that way as well. So it can affect your productivity at work. Um, not just in a testing situation. So I'm going to push back just slightly. Uh, <laughs> not surprised. Not surprised at all. <laughs> I took many, many, many tests in uniforms in college. Mm-hmm. And I took quite a number of tests out of uniform in college. And my experience was actually... Now, I didn't take the same class. I never you know, took the same test once in a uniform, once not in a uniform, so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. But my experience was largely that wearing a uniform, even though it was very crisp, it was ins- I could pass a white glove inspection with it, um, and it was very professional looking. Despite that, I did better not wearing a uniform simply because I was much more comfortable. Um, and maybe a, say. Yeah. a that, uniform that, is, is right. not exactly the best example, but there were people who made that exact same argument that said, oh, you should always take tests in uniform even when you don't have to because it'll improve your grades. And I was like, I don't think so, because then I'm sitting there the whole time being like, ah, man, my leg is like falling asleep because this thing is digging into me, versus just being like, what does this question say? So I don't know. I mean, I guess I can see it could possibly have different effects based on what is the most intense feeling that you get from it. Is it the discomfort or is it the professionality that you feel most intensely at the time of the test taking? Right. So I would argue that it needs to be comfortable as well as something that makes you feel good. So if you're wearing a uniform and you you feel more professional or whatever the uniform makes you feel, but it's not comfortable, then I would argue that that, that's not going to help you because you're not you need to be comfortable as well. It can't just be um, something that you think will make you look good or feel better. So then make the argument for high heels. I've been told they're very uncomfortable, <laughs> they but are. they make people look, they make specifically women look good. But from that argument, it seems like it would, it would be a detriment to the professional look. Is that true? 
They no. make they make me look good too. <laughs> <laughs> we'll look, we'll look at that later. <laughs> um, That's actually, because you're short, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> one of the articles I recently read did say that women um, are more confident in heels. So again, I would say it's a comfort factor versus confidence factor. Um, I feel more confident in heels, but they have to be comfortable. So interesting. If it's something that's uncomfortable and you feel like you're getting blisters and you can't walk right, then I don't think it's going to help you. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. So what you're saying is there is some form of heels that you kind of get the best of both worlds. It's still mm-hmm. comfortable, but you still feel confident as well. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And that's, as a man, that's just hard to imagine, but I'll take your word for it. <laughs> We can try it out later. <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> well, you just get thick shoes. You know, it's not about the heels. It's about the height, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and some of the other studies said, too, even if you're working from home, um, they, rec- they, they suggest dressing like you would if you were in the office because you can still be comfortable. You can wear something comfortable to the office, but you're going to feel more professional even at home um, when, instead of being in, like, yoga pants and sneakers and a T-shirt. Or maybe you probably don't wear yoga pants, but thank goodness no. <laughs> <laughs> you caught my deepest secret, Sherry. But isn't this just the Nobody fashion knows. industry like uh, <laughs> paying off these these do- these doctors to come up with things that tell people to buy new clothing all the time, or wear, instead of everybody being in sweatpants? Um, <laughs> no. Okay, all right, all right. That's just with the pharmaceutical industry. Yeah, it's not that the whole world different. wants to be in sweatpants, Joe. I want to be in sweatpants. Yes, I know See, you I do. Don't. I said the whole world doesn't want to be. I'm, I'm much more comfortable. And this is, so back to kind of the fashion all my life thing. When I was a stay-home mom, homeschool mom with three little kids, I never wore sneakers. I wore pants or a skirt and a top or sweater and, and flats. And, um, and my friends would say, you know, you should write a book on how to dress nicely and be a stay-home mom. But I never did. So <laughs> <laughs> you can do it now as a, as a, a yeah. reflection and a memoir. So, and it's, but to me that it was comfortable. It was, it was still comfortable clothes. Um, like back when stirrup pants, that's when my kids were little. <laughs> Forgot about those. <laughs> yeah, stirrup pants were in style. Um, I much preferred those over jeans. They're much more comfortable and much more flattering. So you could, you know, play the playground in those and still look nice. So is it is it safe to say that like um, some of this is like to each his own? Like it's not is it is it you do you think that some of these things are universally true or is it kind of depending on the person? Like the the hacker or the like like the the Steve Jobs or the 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 guy who created Facebook. Um, Mark Zuckerberg. Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah, Mark, Mark Zuckerberg. Mm-hmm. Who like neither one of them was ever dressed up like, but yet they. Were clearly profe- well, they weren't professional, but they created amazing things. True, and maybe that um, is attributed more to creativity in that kind of dress. I don't know. I don't know, and uh, that I can't answer. That makes sense. Yeah. I, Can I, you I, hypothesize? I, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's a reality though where, like, I I think I I agree here because when I when I've had to dress up or when I'm going to be around people who are higher up in the food chain at my company, like 
I know that my clothing that I wear out in the field, like I feel out of place. Like I, I remember that when I first got started at PPL, I went into the main, the main building, we call it the, the golden, the, the golden towers. Um, and we walk in this building. I'm feeling good. Cause I'm thinking I'm going to be better dressed than anybody else. Cause everybody I've seen up to now is where has been wearing clothes. They can wear outdoors. So I've got a pair of jeans on nice sweater, like I'm feeling, I'm feeling confident, and I walk in this building, and it's like beautiful wood paneling everywhere. There's like this gold everywhere. There's this big water fountain, and everybody's wearing like super professional clothing, like pantsuits, suits. And I'm sitting in this conference room with all this beautiful equipment, and I'm feeling super out of place because I'm so dressed down when I thought I was so dressed up. I I think. I mean, it's kind of cliche, but it's always better to be overdressed than underdressed. I mean, outwardly, but for yourself as well, because you're going to feel a little bit better about yourself if you're not in that situation that you just gave. Yeah. It's always better to be a little overdressed than underdressed. That's that's my rule. Do, do you think it's less awkward? <laughs> do you think it's less awkward to show up in really formal wear to something that's, you know, semi or even casual? Yep, because and, I think and it's be all out of your, place that yeah. way than the other way. I do because I think it's all in your attitude. So if you're confident in what you're wearing, and you show up and you're way overdressed than everyone else, then it's okay. Because I have seen when I worked at Chaco World, there was people that would come in and they looked exceptionally com- like confident, but they were wearing pajama bottoms. <laughs> <laughs> Good. So, See, I so, knew you guys were going to argue with me. <laughs> no, it's, it's good though. But so, but it so there's a there's it's kind of this weird mix of like perception and personality and like internal dialogue with yourself. Like there's trying to find that like happy medium with mm-hmm. each one of those, or reading the situation that it calls for. Like, um, yeah, yeah, I I agree, and a lot of it. It is subjective. I mean, there are a lot of, there's studies that have been done, but a lot of it is subjective, and you have to be comfortable, which is one of the things I was going to bring up. We'll talk about it in a little bit later, but um, comfort is an important part because you're not, if you're not comfortable, you're not going to be confident. Back to the, the high heels, it's kind of the same thing. If you're not comfortable, you're not going to be confident in whatever position you're in. So I think, too, from... Um, the where the viewer side of it, it's maybe we don't always realize how important it is, how someone else perceives us, especially in a work situation. And I, I think even to jobs I had in high school and college, and I went into a job interview for a server with a skirt and a sweater and heels and whatever, and both the manager and the assistant manager, I was hired, and both the manager and the assistant manager said to me afterward, Wow, not too many people come in dressed like for dressed like they appreciate what they're here for. So I was just a, interviewing for a server job at Friendly's, but they really appreciated that I took the time and the effort to make myself look acceptable. Yeah, it makes so, sense. Mm-hmm. So I guess my question is, um, as a as a woman, you have quite a variety of options um, from head to toe. Um, and I've heard the argument that it's so much easier for men because, you know, if you want to be professional, you wear a suit. If you want to be casual, you wear jeans. Um, but do you think that the level of 
options that a woman has gives her versatility over either, you know, suit or not suit for a man. Definitely more versatility. Yeah. Um, but it makes it a little bit more challenging because then you have to decide, is it a pants situation? Is it a skirt situation? Um, is it a jean situation, but you can dress it up? Like my friends will say to me, what are you wearing? And I'll say, oh, I'm going to wear jeans and a top. And they'll say, okay, but we know what jeans means with you. Because <laughs> <laughs> because it's not just a casual pair of throw-on jeans. You know, there's more to it. So, it, 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 yeah, it, there's just so many options with women. It, I think men, I don't think they have it easier because I think it's more difficult for men. Just like you both said, your wives buy your clothes. It's a lot of men don't have that innate style or fashion sense or even a desire to have it. Um, so it does make that a little more difficult for men that way. But there's plenty of women that don't have it too. And I feel like it's changed a little bit too. Like men clearly are having at least, or maybe it's just my perspective has changed, but there's more options now for men. And there is like, you can see people who have are like up on trends. They've got the brown shoes, the brown belt, very tight fitting clothing versus the guys who are kind of older, like uh, like a light gray ish suit for black shoes. I thought you were gonna say hair. Um, well, you know, well, there's. The, I like to the color coordinate, but that doesn't always have to be because I've seen I've yeah like or like socks that match the shirt for mm-hmm. for guys who are trying to be, um, you know, in the know or have have money or like these all things are give a different perception and air to to who they are and I've noticed that and I'm curious. Maybe it's maybe it's always been that way, and I've just never noticed. But or maybe fashion is tre- trending a little bit towards giving men more options. And I think fashion's trending toward giving everyone more options than it has in any decade before. Like you're saying, for men, men can wear like pleats are pretty much out, but but men could wear skinny t- skinny jeans or skinny khakis or straight khakis or straight jeans, and and they're all still acceptable. It's you know, it's not one or the other, but I mean, it's with- skinny jeans really aren't that acceptable <laughs> unless you're a worship leader. <laughs> well, we could argue about that. <laughs> um, but I think women's fashion too right now is the same. No skirt length is right or wrong. It can be short. It can be long. It can be in between. Um, no sleeve length is right or wrong. It's there's, it's really kind of um, how you put it together and what you like and, and I think uh, you can do your own style, but if you want to kind of stay current, it's good to look at fashion magazines or see what people are wearing online, that kind of thing, to, to follow along. If you don't want to get too far out of the zone. So along those lines, um, Bloomberg, in each issue on one of its last few pages, has what you wear, um, and they pick some professional, and they ask them, you know, they just snag them off the, not literally off the street, out of their office, and say, what are you wearing today, basically? Um, and they break down each item of clothing. And it's pretty wild, the variety that comes in, in there. But the one thing that does not change is that all of their wardrobes, like what they're wearing that day, is more expensive than my entire wardrobe. <laughs> so is it a truism that to dress well, you need money? No, I, mean, I think as nice Billy segment. Joel said it, all you, all you need are looks and money, and then you can dress like the cool kids. Yeah, no, that's not true. Not at all. I, and I why think does it always appear to be true? 
Well, it depends on the people that they're asking, for sure. Like, what positions are they in? Are they CEOs? They're usually above middle management, but not not always C-suite. So they have a a much higher income level, I would assume. That's probably safe. Yeah, so usually the higher income level, the more you invest in your clothing. Um, not not always, but usually. Would that's that be as a percentage or just in absolute terms? Do you know? <laughs> I'm rolling my eyes at you, Andrew. <laughs> I'm sorry. You can ignore that question if it's a terrible question. <laughs> so, uh, to segue into the so another part of the, uh, that uh, whole idea, um, I think. Well, I don't think I know that buying more expensive clothes is actually less expensive in the long run. So it doesn't have to be a thousand dollar pair of shoes or, you know, a $5,000 suit um, for it to be good quality. But there are several different things that go into making clothing and buying clothing that make more expensive clothes when you pay for it up front, um, less expensive over time. So it's important, especially in, in our day and age now with fast fashion and H&M and Zara and some of the other, um, I can't think of what the other one's called. Um, anyway, it's, it's really important to be looking beyond that. And I'm all for thrift store shopping when you can find great uh, bargains there that are really good quality because they've lasted the test of time and they'll continue to last. So... It's important um, from the production side because on the production side, the less expensive clothes are the ones that are being made in the, the facilities overseas. Well, all clothes pretty much are made overseas, but they're in, being made in the factories that um, don't pay well, that they have human rights issues, that kind of thing. There's not much oversight because they need to get it. They need to just get it pumped out and into the stores. So, um, as far as production, it's not a good a good quality uh, to have cheap clothing because of that. But also because as a consumer, if you're buying cheap clothing, you need to replace it way more often than if you buy something that has more quality to it. Uh, so that's your time and your money that you're replacing. I personally would rather buy a pair of shoes or a pair of pants um, that costs twice as much as something else, but I don't have to replace them for five or 10 years because one, I don't have to think about it and I know that they're there and that I love them and what I can put with them. And then if they eventually run, uh, wear out, then I have to think all over and go shopping try to find another pair to replace them. And it's just a hassle. So there's that side of it as well. Unless you buy the same thing every time. <laughs> <laughs> well, there is something to be said for stocking up on something you really like. That's true. <laughs> I've had seven no. pairs of identical sneakers. Are you are you joking? Or are you serious? No, he's not. I'll let you figure that out. Okay. <laughs> I'll just tell you this. I'm a function over form type of guy yeah. most of the time. Yeah. Well, and I have to say, when I find something I really love, I usually do buy two of it, either two different colors or because I know that then I, I have it. It's in my closet. It's there. It's easy. It's easy to get dressed because I already know what I have and I don't have to replace it. But another thing with the fast fashion is environmental issues because so many people, especially teenagers and 20-somethings, I guess millennials maybe, are buying things that are super, super cheap at the mall, but then they only wear them a couple times because either they wear out or they don't like them anymore because they're too trendy, and they end up basically in landfills because they most of them can't be worn over and over. So 
Um, there's the environmental issues that go along with that as well. So if you know how to look for something that's well-made and are willing to make a little bit more of an investment up front, it'll pay off in the long run in, in all those areas. So what do you look for when you're looking for something that's well-made? I mean, obviously, you know, you get what you pay for is, is true to some extent, but also there's a, you know, there's a, a luxury premium that goes with certain goods just because they are right. name brand. So obviously there's, you got, there must be something that you look for that says, this is a high quality article. So, I mean, I think if you're around fashion enough, you know brands that are reliable and are well-made and they can be expensive and not be well-made too. So you, you can fall into that. But when we're talking like, you know, $2,000 shoes, that's just most of us aren't buying $2,000 shoes. So um, that's just a little bit beyond what the normal Joe. Ha-ha. <laughs> <laughs> I get it all the time. <laughs> he is not normal. <laughs> but no, seriously though, when you, if, if you don't, if, if you're just trying to learn about it, um, there's a lot of you can Google online, you know, quality clothes, quality shoes, um, what to look for. But some of the things that I would look for when you're shopping would be um, in the, the fabric. Is it a, a natural fiber? doesn't have to be a natural fiber because there can be different um, cashmere. Some are two-ply, some are four-ply, and, and that'll make a difference in how long it lasts and the quality of the sweater. Um, but, but natural fibers are, in general are better than, than man-made. Um, looking at things like the seams to see if they're straight and flat, um, the zippers to see if they're using a good quality zipper that lays flat, um, the seam allowance. You guys probably know more about this than most women do because a lot of men's pants, or at least suit pants, are made unhemmed so that you can have them hemmed to the correct length. But if you're just buying something off the rack, like a pair of khakis, uh, you can look and see how much hem allowance there is there. And the more that there is, the better quality is going to be because you have more options as far as shortening or lengthening uh, a pair of pants or a skirt or whatever piece it would be. So um, those are some of the things you can look for. I always, if it's something I think might wrinkle, I always grab it and scrunch it in my hand to see if it really wrinkles because I don't prefer to iron much, which I don't think many of us do. <laughs> so, and a lot of it's just in the details, whether it's design details in a piece, um, like extra... Well, I don't know. For women's clothes, it would be like extra little details in the in the style of it. I don't know for men really what that would how that would equate. But um, but just looking at the details, how the buttons are sewn on, is the button falling off? Is the buttonhole too small? Is it too big? Um, pocket um, linings that come out when you put it on, that kind of thing. Those those are all little details that you can look for to find a higher quality piece if you don't know from a brand name. Fascinating. I will I will say this. I spent a lot of time ironing in college, and ironing a shirt before I put it on makes me feel so much better than an unironed shirt. Well, I actually do all the ironing in our house, but anyway. <laughs> Maybe you want to come do mine, too. <laughs> I don't, I'm not claiming I know how to iron women's clothing. Oh, okay. Actually, men's, I think, is more difficult because you have the collar and you have the the inverted pleat usually in the back and the, in the set sleeves. So I think it's a little bit more difficult to iron. So if you can do that, you've got women's covered. Okay. I'll take your word for it. I've only ever, <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to say, okay, I'll take your ironing. <laughs> All right. Well, how much you paying? <laughs> <laughs> oh, actually, I think we're, we live in a day and age that we don't have to do a whole lot of ironing. So if you like it, then, and, it, and a crisp shirt, certainly there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, I know a lot of men who wear dress shirts and have them, 
um, pressed at the at the cleaner. They just have them washed and pressed at the cleaner so that they have them um, looking nice and crisp. Yeah, and that's. I don't necessarily enjoy the process of ironing. I just know that when I'm done, I'm going to feel a lot better in that shirt than that same shirt wrinkly. That's all. I, I probably shouldn't admit this, but I really do like to iron. So don't tell my husband. <laughs> <laughs> because I, I like that you have a really nice result. Yeah, yeah. So you you feel like you it. accomplished something. Mm-hmm. Exactly, exactly. So we can bond on that. Okay. I feel like I it was wrinkly time. and now it's not. <laughs> like right. nobody cares. And if they do care, who cares? <laughs> yeah, but you can see the finished product. I know, it also right? feels better. Yeah. I don't know. I don't dress up. I try and dress up as little as possible. So okay. that's, I have, so this is my, my wardrobe is I found one pair of pants at Kohl's that I liked that I found that I have a, somebody that'll take them, take the ankles in a little bit for me. And if I do that, I, so I went and bought six pairs of those and just in different colors. And then I found a, these pairs of shorts that I like and t-shirts that I like. And I bought five pairs of each of those. So I just literally have to just go pick out of a pile and go think. Makes your life easier. Oh, it's so wonderful. I do have <laughs> to that say that. That's why you always a... look exactly the same. <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> because I literally have the same stuff <laughs> in my closet, just slightly different shades. <laughs> I like what you brought up, Joe, about having um, someone take in the ankle on your pant. Yeah. Because that's a really important part of dressing well is having someone who can alter your clothing to fit you because obviously if you're buying off the rack which all of us are um there's a fit model that's made to fit and everyone doesn't have that same body shape and 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 it's important to pick clothing that looks good on you and that's a whole other topic but um having someone that can alter the clothing so that it fits you well makes a big big difference in how it looks on you and how you feel in it i always recommend that to my clients that that they'll say, oh, well, the pants are too long or the waist is too big or, um, and you know, it does cost a little bit more unless you have someone in your family who can do it. Uh, but it's worth it in the long run to have, if you could see side by side pictures of a jacket that's not altered to fit you versus one that is, it's, it's so a huge it. difference. Yeah. I, I always thought I was like, I was like, whatever. And then I got these just because they kept going underneath my shoes and I would wear out the bottom of the pant and I got them taken in. Well, the, the when I got this next round of pants after they started wearing out, I got them even smaller, and I was like, "It's amazing just how much better that feels." And you don't got to be like, worrying about it. And I was like, "Okay," because I heard what was somebody said it on a podcast or something like, "There's nothing better than having a good tailor." <laughs> yeah, it's true. I mean, I like that would be my number one, um, probably my one, number one suggestion with your clothing is make sure that it fits you well, that your pants aren't dragging on the ground, that they're not too short, that they're not too tight, that they're, you know, that the waist fits the way it should, that the sleeve length is right, because that can make make or break what your clothes look like. All right, well, on your third point here, maybe we've kind of talked about it a little bit, but like, so how to pick the right clothes mm-hmm. for you. Give us a, give us, give Andrew and I a tutorial on so the next time so we can pick out an outfit ourselves that our wives will be like, mm, baby. <laughs> if you can do that, Sherry. Yeah, then you can work miracles. I'd, I'd prefer to take you shopping to do that. I think it would be much easier if we did it in person because I am a personal shopper. Like I help people and we try things on. Well, we don't. They try things on. I look at them. <laughs> I, I literally just had a client over this morning and... She was trying some things on, and she put on a top, and she, it looked good. And uh, she said, I'm, but I'm going to wear a cardigan over it. Do you think it'll be okay under a cardigan? 
And I said, ooh, I don't know. It's got a lot of fabric. Let's try a cardigan over it. So we try it, and it doesn't look good. And she takes it off and gets some other stuff. But she said, you know, thanks for being honest because that's there's for me there's no reason to not be honest because I don't want someone to look bad in their clothing. So I would honestly rather take you shopping than, <laughs> than tell you. <laughs> All right, that's, that's, but, that's fair. But this is a podcast. But, right, since this is a podcast and I can't take everyone shopping. Um, you I'll, can. They just have to call you. That's right. Give me a call. Um, so I think a little bit what we talked about, quality is important. Finding clothes that fit you are impor- is important as well. Um, and having having them altered if necessary. I think finding something that you're comfortable in, like we talked about, Andrew and I talked a little bit about, is important. Um, because if it can be the most beautiful jacket, but if you put it on and you're not comfortable in it, you're not going to want to wear it and you're not going to be confident when you do wear it. It'll either sit in your, in your closet as a hanger dog or you'll wear it and you'll just feel uncomfortable every time. So those are, those are really important things. Those are probably the three most important things. Um, but I also think you, when you're shopping, you want to invest more in basics and things that will stand the test of time versus trendy. It's okay to, to buy some trendy things here and, and mix them in because that makes it a little bit more fun. But where you're going to really invest your money is going to be in things that will last and that'll be the styles will stick around. For women, I always say, now this, for men, it probably doesn't work as well, or you probably don't need to worry about this really because you have a lot of khakis, like you said, a lot of... I have zero khakis. I have, okay. <laughs> I have a lot of khaki shorts. <laughs> so I always say to women, um, do you have three other things in your closet that this will coordinate with? So if, you, if you're buying something and you can't think of three things in your closet that it will coordinate with, are you willing to buy some more to coordinate with it? Or is it something that will hang there and you'll say, oh, I have nothing to wear it with? So you don't want to invest in that kind of thing. Um, and... So I guess coming back to your, how would you go, what would you do? How would you walk into a store and pick out an outfit that your wife would what? How was that, Joe? Yeah, like, mm, baby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like that. Or at um, least be like, wow, I really like that on you. Okay, so it has, number one is going to be something that, that's a good style for you. Um, based on your body type or something that's flattering you i mean i think you guys can probably look in the mirror and know what's flattering and what's not so what, what looks good on short chubby people <laughs> i'm just kidding you go, keep going so. <laughs> you don't want me to answer that do you no well you, no. sure yeah no. I mean, um, it's trash it, bags with a whole <laughs> burlap bags <laughs> it's important fit is, is going to be really important your wives are going to notice the fit probably more than anything else am i allowed to say that it makes if it makes your butt look good yeah, okay. that's, that's, that's totally fine. <laughs> I can't see my butt. So, so that's where three-way mirrors are important. When you're in the fitting room, you want to turn around and look in the three-way mirror and just check out the back view, because the back view is important as well, um, just from a woman's perspective. Just ask random customers, <laughs> how does this make my butt look? I need to know for my wife. <laughs> um, give it a try. Let me know how it goes. I will. Okay. That sounds like... Andrew, I think we need, we need you and I need to go shopping and take a video and have like a add on add on video <laughs> episode to this one. I think you're right, but I think we need to take Sherry. We need to do it by ourselves first. One hour of Andrew and Joe trying to pick out things that they think would successfully meet Sherry's criteria, That's, and then do it like do it like one of those fashion shows. And, or, but, yeah. and while she's going and picking out things for us and see if they match, 
No, oh well, God, I, yeah, we could do it in a variety of ways, but what's that? Um, we'll table that. What's, what's the one where they dress people up or they throw out their whole wardrobe oh, yeah. and then force them to go shopping? What not to wear. Okay. That show. I used to watch that in college. Don't ask. Anyway, the one <laughs> thing I learned to. is that if you're bad at shopping for your own clothing, just getting a gift card with $5,000 on it doesn't magically make you better. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Yeah, so they have true. some some pretty extreme examples on there. Yeah. So, Joe, I think finding something that fits well. Most women like men a little bit more dressed up, I think, from a woman's perspective. Um, I mean, that's not just me. I've read that, that, you know, a man in a suit is kind of like eye candy for a woman. So I know you're not going to wear a suit every day, and it's probably not what you're shopping for. So but women really do like a well-dressed man, like, yes. as the song goes. Sharp-dressed man. Yeah, sharp-dressed man. So it's easy okay. top, yeah. I'm going to I'm gonna butt in here just a moment, because I would love a job that asked me to wear a suit every day. However, when I tried to so much as just wear a tie to my one job, all my coworkers were like, you need to take that off. Um, so, and I did, well... <laughs> They were superior to me, and so it was in my interest to listen to them. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's probably good. Um, and so it was one of those things where it was like, because honestly, I like wearing suits. I just, other than funerals and weddings, I don't have a reason to. And if, I don't know, it just... Most men don't anymore. That's very unusual to see men in suit in the work in a suit in the workplace. Um, when you're in D.C., you see a lot more of it. But um, most places, not even, not even... Even my women clients who are attorneys don't wear suits in the workplace anymore. I see a lot of people in Harrisburg around the Capitol wearing suits. Mm -hmm. And that would be more political, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Most of my women clients who are attorneys wear a skirt or slacks and a cardigan or a jacket. Not never a complete matching suit. Interesting. Yeah. So (laughs) I think the whole, I think the whole workplace has kind of started to dress down a little obviously if that's the case with with women in that in that field um but so i'm curious why why did your superiors tell you not to wear a tie oh uh, they said it made them look bad okay that's what i was gonna say because it was how it made them feel yeah yeah and you looked better than them so they wanted to squash that at least that was what they communicated to me yeah that makes sense that would that would have been my guess as well so yeah, that's too bad. Just think of all the women you could have met. You could have met. I was single at the time, so it might have been worthwhile. <laughs> Maybe they were a little jealous with that too. <laughs> because he didn't, he got to meet Becca. So yeah, there you go. That's what I always say. My wife married me the way I am, so I don't need to change. <laughs> that's right, and we're not talking about changing. Like I know, I'm just uh, that's 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 a whole other topic. But it's I, refining. I think, I think men, especially, but even a lot of women, feel. That if they can't, or if they don't want to meet that fashion standard or the style that's in or the trends or whatever, um, that people are asking them to change to do that and that or expecting them to change. But I think you can dress well without having to do that. Yeah, that make that makes sense. So that that reminded me of a question I wanted to ask. So you talk about buying buying more expensive clothing is actually in the end. Uh, cheaper in different ways you mentioned mm-hmm. um how does that play into the fact that the fashion industry use i mean from i listened to i think it was a podcast or read an article where it used to be um there's a couple of magazines that kind of predict mm-hmm. fashion trends 
and there used to be four seasons and now it's like seven or something like that where clothing is changing so much so if you're gonna stay on top of it isn't it isn't almost in the end cheaper i mean i hadn't considered time in that either mm-hmm. when you mentioned that i was like yeah it's like just trying to find mm-hmm. some stuff it's like wow if you really wanted to actually do something or, or be a certain thing and you're not just going and buying the same pair of shorts that you buy all the time which i buy online but um <laughs> like how does how do you feel like that factors into it you're asking how how there's more seasons now how the fashion changes quickly you almost have you almost if you're spending if you're spending more money on a better quality thing but it's it's going to be out of date in a couple months anyway so that comes back to spending the money on basics and um, pieces that are less trendy so okay. I mean I would spend more on a great t-shirt because I could wear it for 10 years like a nice high quality t-shirt because it's a basic it's not going to go out of style and then mix in pieces that are a little bit trendier and less expensive okay so, so, so basically, so ha- don't spend money on the trends. Correct. Spend money on the basics. You got it. Yeah. And then if, if you want something trendy, buy it on sale when it's really cheap. And, and you can still find a good quality piece that's on sale and add that trendy piece to your... And, and you know what? This doesn't work as well for men, but shoes and accessories for women can be where you, where you bring the trends into your, into your clothes, into your outfit. Um, because... It can change the whole look of an outfit that you've had for 10 years. So, and then just save them for 30 years. So right. when they come back in style, you're right. like, you're like, oh, right. I paid. Well, and you know, <laughs> if you have something that's, that's like, say you bought a pair of pants, you know, 20 years ago. Well, not for you guys, but, <laughs> but generally 20 adults. years from 20 years from now, if we were having this yes, conversation. Yes. You had a really good quality pair of, say a, a pair of wool pants that wool line, nice dress pants. And, um, they were skinny. Well, this, it's not going to work. The example is not going to work with skinny pants. They were just straight. Um, but the style changes to a little bit like like they would be now where they're skinny. So if you had a pair from, say, 10 years ago, and they were the kind of baggy, you know, cargo kind of pants, you could, and they're a good quality pant, you could have them altered to be a skinnier or a slimmer leg. So it would kind of bring them up to speed now. Now, you couldn't keep doing that over decades and decades and decades, but it would work that way. Same thing with women's hem- hemlines. You could do um, you know, a, a longer skirt, and you could bring it up if the trends got shorter. But I, I say Can you just put Velcro on the inside for hemlines <laughs> and just adjust it as necessary? It's <laughs> a great idea, Andrew. Such a, such a man idea. I know. <laughs> just make sure it has stripes, like yeah. horizontal stripes or something, so that the Velcro seam lines blend in. Right. Right, There's exactly. Stitch lines. So or you they can what? call them decorative. Anyway, I'm getting off topic. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Your brain just goes. <laughs> yeah, so uh, back to, yeah, I think invest in things that are last um, style-wise. And if you want to add some trendy things, just buy those will be the less expensive things that you would buy. Yeah, that make, um, totally makes sense. I was, before I bought these shorts, I was wearing cargo cargo shorts and I read some article about like things that something about men, man trends or dad trends. And they're like, just stop wearing cargo shorts. <laughs> and I was like, what? They're so functionally helpful. <laughs> Do you use the cargo pockets? I did sometimes. Really? Not often. But sometimes. I have, a, I have a couple pairs of cargo shorts that I wear for like mowing the lawn or painting and that kind of stuff. And 
I've noticed that if I'm sitting in them, my legs get really hot because there's all this extra fabric <laughs> on the side of my legs, and I never put anything in those pockets. But that's just until, me. until you go camping, and then you need to put stuff. I'm in not there. wearing shorts to go camping. I don't want Lyme's disease. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so so Sherry, um, along with all of this, you do something called. I only know of it because my wife told me about it. Um, Dress for success. So. Can you tell us a little bit about what that is and maybe even why you do it and kind of how you've seen that impact lives yeah. that you do? Sure. Um, so with my real day-to-day job, I help clients put together a wardrobe that works for them and helps them feel good about themselves and um, helps, helps them to be able to get dressed easier in the morning and put things together from season to season. So those are the clients that I get paid to work with. Um, but at Dress for Success, I work with clients in the boutique there, and it's a nonprofit. So the women who come in there are referred um, from either different government agencies or homeless shelters or um, rehab facilities. And they're referred to us when they're ready to start interviewing for a job and or if they have found a job and need clothing for that. So typically our client, a client comes to us um, for an interview suit. So we suit her with a suit, a top, um, pantyhose if she needs them or wants them, shoes, purse, um, personal items like toiletries and jewelry. So, and she gets to take all of that home for free. Um, And then if she, when she finds a job, she can come back and we'll provide five days worth of clothing for her so that she can have a full week's worth of wardrobe um, to take into her new job. So um, it's, a, it's a great place. For, for me, it's very fulfilling because I get to work with women that are pretty much the opposite of what I, I do in my real job. Um, and these are women who usually are very pr- appreciative of the help that they're getting there and um, really want to get into the workforce or get back into the workforce and provide for their families. Often they're single moms um, because we have their their demographic profile. Often they're single moms. Um, So in the long run, uh, not only are we helping the women to be able to get dressed, so it sounds very superficial, but um, it's helping them to to provide for their families as well. And they also provide uh, resume services and um, continuing education as far as um, women in the community coming in, business women in the community coming in and, and talking to them about opportunities and um, job references. And hmm. yeah, I wish I could take advantage of that. That's yeah. awesome. Well, they do have it for men as well. Okay. Um, I don't think you qualify, but... <laughs> <laughs> what do I have to do to qualify? <laughs> you, you need to be I probably don't want to do those things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Lower income. You need to go to jail. <laughs> Um, <laughs> but it's called Tied to Success. So that's the, the men's program. So they take donations uh, for the women's program and for the men's program. And uh, anything that they can't use for clients per se, they sell uh, at their, I think it's quarterly inventory reduction sale. And all the proceeds from that go back into the, the nonprofit boutique. Wow. What a great program. Mm-hmm. That's really, wow. So is that... Um, is that like based out of like Harrisburg? It's or? an international or at least a national um, dress for success is. This, there's, uh, I think Harrisburg is the only local one now. There used to be one in Lebanon 
and one in York, but I think Harrisburg is the only local one, but they have a traveling van that um, they call the Traveling Boutique that goes around uh, to the different cities and more urban areas that aren't represented. Hmm. That's really great. It's really cool that you do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love it. It's, it's very rewarding, and it's I've had uh, women kind of slink in there, and once they put their suit on and they just look in the mirror, and like they just beam because they've hmm. never seen themselves look like that. So it's hmm. very rewarding. That's great. But, you know, that is awesome. All right, so in uh, in a couple of sentences, how can you sum up the idea of how fashion doesn't make us shallow and how it's important? Well, back to the psychology first. Um, it's important for your own confidence, your own self-esteem, and your own um, productivity to be dressed well, or at least to put some thought into dressing. I don't want anyone to get the wrong idea that you have to be totally dressed up in a suit and tie or a dress or whatever. It needs to be something that's presentable in the situation that you're in, whether it's work or a social situation, um, and something that you're confident and comfortable in. Um, So that's, that would be, I think, the most important thing, confidence, comfort, and taking some time to just think about who's going to see you and what situations you're going to be in. Yeah, cool. I think... I think the uh, this video idea needs to happen, Andrew. <laughs> I, I honestly, I keep thinking about that, and I was like, I would set aside a whole Saturday for you, me, and Sherry to go discover how bad we are at shopping. <laughs> I'm in. I'm in. All right, I'm totally in. Um, all right, so thanks, uh, thanks for coming on here. Um, where can people find you online? Where would you? Okay. So um, I have a pretty active Facebook page. It's my personal Facebook page, but I do a lot of business on there as well. So it's Sherry Krause Wagner. And I also have an Instagram, which is Cabby Chic by Sherry. So you can find me there as well. And my business website is www.sherrywagner.cabbyonline.com. So you can check that out too. Cool. And we'll have all that in the show notes for you if you're interested in uh, just finding out more about her uh, or if, you know, if, if having a personal personal shopper, right? Is that what, a personal shopper or just some, some help. And Sherry has helped me try and find a dress for my wife because I have, there's a certain style that I was looking for for and apparently nobody uses Well, we found, style. we did find some. We did. That's true. We, we, we found, found some. some, but there was... They were super, some were super expensive yeah. and the couple of them we got off Amazon just were, the quality wasn't, were junk. Yeah. yeah. Right. So it was like a sock. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, all right. So final question, what's the, we'll, we'll just do the standard question that we've been doing. I'll find a, a better question for season two or a different question <laughs> for season two. So what's the best restaurant? Cause you've traveled a bit. So this may actually, you may have a good answer for us here. Best restaurant that you've ever been at, like food service, like something that you're like, it was like once in a lifetime, but I would totally go back there. Oh. And don't say hosses, like Missy. <laughs> <laughs> so no, that was a different be- question. That I was know, where do you I take know. eight people? Yeah, I know. I was kidding. <laughs> so, okay. So does it have to be a once? Because right now I have a couple favorite restaurants no, in different it, places. It can just so. be the the best place you've ever eaten. Okay. Well, yeah. that, that even I can if you've even eaten answer. there half a dozen times. Yeah, I, I I couldn't. I mean, I've been to like four se- restaurants at Four Seasons resorts that are just awesome. Okay. But 
But right now, I'll just tell you my two favorites right okay. now. My two favorites right now. Luca and Lancaster. Luca. How do you spell that? L-U-C-A. Okay. It's really hard to get reservations, um, but they have bar seating, like a bar table, so you can go in and sit at the bar tables. And it's really fun. It's great wait staff, great food, pizzas, appetizers, but it's all Italian, but like fun, fun uh, food and drinks. Okay. Fun and Italian. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> fun to learn. And um, in Orlando, my favorite is the pharmacy. And it's a speakeasy, so when you walk up, it looks like an elevator door. There's no sign, and you push the elevator door button, and the elevator door opens into the speakeasy. Nice. And they have a just like Luca too. They have a they both have a changing menu, so their menu um, changes like every few weeks or so, maybe even more often. So, yeah, really fun places. So the pharmacy mm-hmm. in, in Orlando. Orlando and Luca and Lancaster. So, mm-hmm. if you're for all our Florida listeners. <laughs> We may have some, but they're mostly Pennsylvania. People, people go on vacation. Yeah, no, no, we do, they do. We actually have listeners from other countries that somehow, I have no idea how. Really? But, yeah. Um, but uh, people right. you know? I have. We don't know who they are. We oh. just we can just see where they're from. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. All right. Well. Uh, yeah. Thanks for thanks for coming on here. Thank you. And enlightening us. Yeah. You made, it's you, been very you, interesting, Sherry. You yeah. guys made me relax more than I thought I would. I was, that's, that's good. That's good. I was a little worried about both of you and <laughs> the whole fashion thing. She was arguing. She was worried about us arguing with her. Yeah. <laughs> Let's be honest. I was, and I didn't even tell you that, did I? Uh, no, I just know how we are mm-hmm. and how we're known. And I know how you are too. <laughs> both of you. <laughs> All right. Well. Um, for for our regular listeners, uh, we're going to take a little bit of a break here, um, a couple weeks, and then we'll come back with some more content uh, for what we're going to call Season 2. Um, it allows us to get a little bit ahead um, on the recordings, and so like if guests cancel, we can still record and have good, good content for you. Uh, we will also have a survey... Uh, available uh, in the show notes and on the website and well not on the website it'll be on the facebook page uh, so take a take a few minutes there to help us out and kind of give us some feedback on uh, the podcast um, if it's adding value to your life and you're enjoying the conversation if there's topics that you'd like us to hit um, we have some ideas coming up here for season two um we already have some people scheduled from anything from rugby to crossfit to sex slavery uh, and ending sex slavery in, in Lancaster, Lancaster County. Um, so uh, I'm I'm excited. We have quite the variety of topics coming up here in season two. So um, you should you should listen to that. But in the meantime, take a couple seconds, rate us, give us some comments on the podcast app, share it if you like it, uh, email us with guest ideas, um, or just connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. We can, we'd love to, to hear from you, hear how this is uh, impacting you and what you'd like to hear more of. So, yeah, thanks for listening, and uh, we'll catch you in a couple weeks. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. Thank you. Thank you.